All right. We got here Jacob Kaufman, international life and spiritual coach, <laughs> new author. It's going to be a super best-selling book. Super excited for this one. Very compelling story. Jacob, thanks so much for coming on, man. Hope, hope you're okay. Get yourself some water before you dive in. Antonio, thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely, man. So let's just dive right into it. I know that you, you, know, you got a book that's coming out or it has just released. Let's you got a it. very compelling story of your past and how that's transformed to where you are today. So give us a little bit more background on your story and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So a little bit of backstory about where I'm from. So I grew up in a really small town in, in Michigan, roughly around a thousand people. And unfortunately, early on, I suffered from some abuse, some sexual abuse that ultimately caused me to wear different masks, right? And take on different personas which persona, the word that is at the root of the word personality, that's all that it means is mask. It had me take on these different masks in an effort to self-protect. So if you ever come across my content, I'm constantly saying how most men are performing because when we're really young, we unconsciously take on these different personas in an attempt to be loved, accepted, and eventually later on in life successful. So who we become is this amalgamation of both genuine traits, but also traits that are in response to pain or the avoidance of potential pain. And so for me, having experienced some fairly traumatic abuse in an attempt to outrun my pain, I took on these different masks so that I could simply perform my way around it. That way I didn't have to address it. And so I simply suppressed it. Later on in life, as you can imagine, that became a very serious problem because at the end of the day, we all have a threshold in terms of what we feel safe to receive when it comes to love, intimacy, and vulnerability, but also in terms of success, financial abundance, opportunity, et cetera, right? It's called our window of tolerance. Well, if we've experienced significant pain, Allowing a greater degree of those things in is going to fundamentally feel unsafe to our system. It's going to feel like a threat. And we see this all the time with lottery winners. Are you guys familiar with the statistics around lottery winners? Most of them go About broke. how, correct, most of them go broke. Why is that? Yes, because they don't have a high level of financial literacy or tools when it comes to saving, budgeting, investing, things like that. Yes, that is true. But underneath the surface... If we take a look at the nervous system, it's because the results that they experienced far surpasses what feels safe to them. I experienced something incredibly similar because of the pain that I experienced, because how I internalized it caused me to create this story that love, connection, and intimacy fundamentally was not safe. Wow. That is powerful. And this is hitting my funny bone. Not that I do not have something as traumatic um, that has happened to me, but trauma comes in the form of a lot of different things. And there's many cuts Correct. over time that compound. And there's these stories that we tell ourselves to rather mask it, like you were saying. And so mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about how you were able to uncover that, process it, and be able to turn this into a mission and a business and something that you could really help people out with. Because there's a lot of people that just subject themselves to the victimhood of it and aren't able to propel past that. Totally. Well, and there's a lot of people who are performing their way around it, like I mentioned, which I found myself guilty of. So even though I was incredibly successful, I was incredibly unhappy, unfulfilled, and I felt empty. 
because no amount of external financial success was able to make up for this deep internal void that was within me. I just wasn't addressing it. But you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned that that trauma, in fact, is way more about how we internalized what has happened to us as opposed to what's actually happened to us. Most people have not experienced big T trauma, assault, abuse, or like an extreme accident, an acute experience. Most people, if not everyone, arguably has experienced emotional trauma because how we internalize it is very subjective to us, right? These are the stories or the beliefs that we create about ourselves as a result of something that one of our parents said to us, for example, or any potential neglect or rejection that we experienced growing up. All of us to some degree have experienced this. For me, after I graduated college, I started you know, down my corporate professional road. I noticed that I was repeating patterns. And I didn't have the language for it then, but what I would say to my clients now is that the pattern always reveals the problem. What I noticed was that when it came to romantic relationships, I would only allow the person to come so far in and allow myself to connect to a certain degree or be vulnerable to a certain degree. Anything beyond that, like I mentioned, fundamentally felt unsafe and like a threat. And so what did I need to do at that point? I needed to distance myself from that perceived threat. And again, a lot of this was unconscious. I didn't actually know that that's what was really going on. But externally, what do you think I was doing? I was finding any and all reason to just break it off with that person. Because going deeper, like I mentioned, felt very unsafe to me, felt like a threat. And so I needed to come up with evidence to distance myself from that threat. That's what we call self-sabotage. Right. Which really just means to self-protect. That's what self-sabotage is. We often give self-sabotage a very bad rap, but in reality, it's very necessary. Yeah, this is this is unbelievable. This is like, like I said, it's hitting my funny bone because like I, I experience a lot of this and I'm I'm working through this. And a lot of people in the world of high performance feel the same way because a lot of people yeah. think self-sabotage could come in the form of doing terrible things to yourself. And it, it definitely could, but also totally. masking that pain in high performance and constantly being hyper-productive also doesn't Correct. solve the, it's not the solution over time as well. So what are, what are yeah. some baby steps that you started taking or what are some things that mm -hmm. you coach your clients to, to actually start making some change immediately? To piggyback off of what you said, our greatest strength is oftentimes an adaptation or an overcompensation to avoid experiencing pain. Many of the men that I work with are incredibly successful. They're very driven, assertive, motivated, hardworking. And what I've found in my time in coaching those men for over half a decade now is that oftentimes that is simply a unconscious response to pain. What I noticed for myself was, like I mentioned, no matter how much external success I had internally. I felt unhappy, unfulfilled, and empty. So what did I have to do? I had to work on myself internally. I had to go on this deeper journey to determine what was at the root of my behaviors. Because right? our behaviors are the external manifestation of our internal world, of our belief system, of our identity. So if I wanted to fundamentally shift and change what I was experiencing on the outside, I had to address what was going on on the inside? 
there's the external justification that we give ourselves for being very hardworking and driven, growth-minded, oriented towards success. But then there is the unconscious, deeper internal motivation. This is reality, but this is what the ego seeks to hide from us. And in doing so, it maintains the status quo. That's the number one goal of the ego is to maintain the status quo. How does it do that? It hides the truth from us. The truth that it's hiding from most men is the fact that their drive, their high performer persona is actually an adaptive strategy to avoid dealing with pain from the past. And as a result, what do they inevitably end up doing? They recycle it into the present moment. This is why men in historic numbers are dealing with anxiety, depression, and suicide. They're performing their way around the pain. And this typically looks like one of two extremes, the the passive man and the people pleaser or the high performer. There is very little in the way of an integrated masculine man who has nothing to prove and nothing to protect. He has worked through his wounds. He has healed the pain from his past, and he is incredibly comfortable in his position. He's not pursuing power, possession, and prestige in an attempt to overcompensate for something. He's incredibly comfortable in who he is. But you take a peek behind the curtain with very successful men, and it almost always, the story is almost always the same. No matter how much success they have, on some deep internal level, they are fundamentally unhappy. So you mentioned the journey that you had to go on. What, what, yeah. You know, for the folks that are that might feel like they're kind of in that pivotal space of not being happy mm-hmm. and, being, and knowing they need to go down that 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 journey. What is that? What did that mm-hmm. journey look like for you? What are some baby steps that that they could be making? To get to it's a great question. Yeah. Well. Every hero needs a guide at the end of the day. For me in my book, it literally starts with me meeting with a spiritual guidance counselor, an elder from my church, who is also a therapist. And it was in those sessions, those initial sessions, that I first acknowledged that what had happened to me when I was 12 or 13 as sexual abuse. Because when it happened, it was this incident at Christian summer camp where it happened in front of all of my friends that I grew up with, same town, same church, same school. And nobody tried to stop it. And it started off as this practical joke, like this hazing incident that was just taken way, way too far and became incredibly inappropriate and was essentially an assault. But because it was treated and rubbed off as a joke, that's kind of how I treated it, right? I dissociated, which allowed me to suppress it, not acknowledge it. And it wasn't until these sessions with my therapist that together he was like, have you ever thought about that experience and what it was? And the minute I acknowledged it as sexual abuse, all of a sudden I was able to connect the dots as to why I behaved the way that I behaved, why I was continuing to repeat these patterns where I was sabotaging myself and love and relationship, where I was pushing away success despite being incredibly adept at creating it or pushing away opportunities. So it was first and foremost by acknowledging my pain. And this is why I tell my clients when it comes to transformation, at the end of the day, the first question, the most important question to ask yourself is what have you been doing with your pain? 
One of the, one of the most impactful exercises I ever did with my therapist, and I'm a big advocate mm-hmm. for therapy proactively. It doesn't have to, you don't have to have this yep. crazy moment of like, oh my gosh, I need to go to therapy. If you did, no. I understand, but I think everyone should be consulting someone in that space. One of the Absolutely. most impactful things that we ever did was we did a very thoughtful exercise of where I spent a couple of days of just journaling every major like event that's happened in my life, like that I could right. possibly recall. And we stepped yep. into each single one of those. We didn't just look at them, but we really stepped into those experiences. Yep. And I was being, I was able to detail these experiences to him without showing much emotion. I was like, oh yeah, this happened here. And this happened. He's like, he's like, dude, how are you telling me this with a straight face? Like you're numb to this. Like, yeah. have you ever thought about that? I was like, no, nah, I just, I just haven't thought about that. And, and so totally. tell, tell us a little bit about some of the exercises that you do with some of your clients. And then like, based mm-hmm. on that, we started to have a lot of proactive conversations and start to identify areas where we can start to strengthen up and, and exercise that we can do. Tell us a little bit more yep. about like some of the exercise you do to uncover the trauma, but then also the solutions to actually get to a more healthy lifestyle. Well, what you're referring to that you went through with your therapist is likely some combination of parts integration work or timeline therapy, all of which I've gone through, all of which is very, very beneficial. But what you're describing is incredibly common with men where they've essentially dissociated from the experience insofar that they can describe this very painful moment as if they're talking about the weather outside. It's void of emotional connectedness. And that's what happens when we've experienced trauma. So first and foremost, that's very common. I'm in the, I was in the same boat as you right? Where I'm describing this incredibly painful incident, very traumatic incident, as if I'm detailing, you know, yesterday's headline news. But the work that I do with my clients, it's important to understand that our life, our business, our financial situation, our romantic relationship increases in proportion, directly in proportion to our felt sense of safety. We can conceptually and intellectually know different concepts as it relates to personal growth, as it relates to success and how to create more success in our lives, how to create more financial abundance or a greater degree of financial abundance. But unless our nervous system is equipped to hold that increase in abundance or love or opportunity, we are inevitably going to need to sabotage it in an attempt to return to safety. Our window of tolerance, or what is commonly referred to in other circles as our comfort zone, is only so big. And so whenever we our results expand beyond that, if we're not in a position to hold it, we haven't done the necessary internal work or healing to not just hold it, but cultivate it, nurture it, and grow it, we're going to sabotage. And we see this all the time in entrepreneurship. You guys have probably heard stories where people experience an incredible amount of success really quickly and their business just falls apart or or things just come crashing down they start to they start to sabotage in a variety of different ways whatever this looks like is very unique to the individual and often subjective but as far as the work that I do with my clients we have to do this parts integration work this timeline therapy work or regression work to go into the past so that we can reconcile these experiences where we remove emotion from the experience. So that's why I'm able to, I hate to say casually, but we'll say casually talk about this very traumatic incident that occurred 
with me around experiencing sexual abuse as if it happened to someone else, not because I've dissociated, although that was very true for many, many years, you know, what, 15 years, I think I first acknowledged it right around the time I was 27, 28. So you have 15 years that had elapsed in between the incident and when I finally acknowledged it for what it was. But the reason I'm able to talk about it is because I've separated experience from emotion. So there's no longer this charge there. There's no longer this tether to the pain of the past. So my actions now, there's no resistance when it comes to growth, when it comes to deepening into love, intimacy, or relationship. Everything that you want in your life, the only thing that stands in between you and that is resistance, the resistance that is presented by your nervous system that serves as this protective barrier because it assumes you're moving closer to a perceived threat. This is one of the reasons that what, like 92% of businesses fail within the first like year or two, they haven't cultivated the internal resilience or capacity that they need to take risks, right? to invest in themselves, to do the necessary things or take the necessary steps that are required to have a successful business. The same thing is true in relationship. And so after and through all this work, you've published a book, you know, a coach and a mentor, it seems to yeah. many. Talk about that journey and, and where that pivot took place and there's more of the business side of things and where you are today as a, as a business owner. Yeah. So I like to say that this is my curse. As, as Charles Dickens once said, you know, your calling is your curse. It's the thing that you can't not do. And unfortunately, there are not enough men who have not only done this work within themselves, but are equipped to support other men in doing the same. As you mentioned, Antonio, therapy, very, very beneficial very needed and necessary, arguably, in the same way that consistent diet and exercise is needed if you want to maintain a healthy lifestyle. This is absolutely the same. It just pertains to our mental health. I started my coaching business in 2018, in early 2018, because I had to, because I found so many men in the same position as myself who had achieved an incredible degree of financial success or success in business, but who found themselves still anxious, depressed, and feeling empty. And they didn't have answers as to why that was. In many cases, their answer was, oh, just the next level, right? <laughs> but there's a paradox there. The next level only makes you want what? The next level above that. <laughs> And so it's this trap, it's this cycle that so many, not just men, get caught in that has them chasing rainbows. And so I had to start to provide resources and help my clients and specifically help men with this because it was killing them, literally. They had all this success, this external financial success, but they didn't know peace and they were poor in spirit. And so I had to start my coaching business. Truly, it was one of those things where I didn't really have a choice. And it became so apparent that like, this is my calling. This is what I have to do. So few men are equipped to support other men in doing the same. And so for years now, I've supported hundreds of men. I lead retreats every year for men out West in the mountains. And I take men deeply into nature so that they can reconnect with their heart's calling and their true self. Um, we've done various masterminds over the years for men so that they can take off this high performer persona 
this personality that is fixated on getting paid and getting laid, as I like to say, so that they can go on this further, deeper journey, which is more focused on purpose. You know, initially in the first half of life, we're focused on answering the question, what do I want? Which serves a place. But in the second half of life, it's much more around what can I contribute? What is my purpose? What is my higher calling? And so the work that we do with men enables them to make this transition because as you can probably imagine, this transition in taking off this mask, this personality that has worked very well for them, oftentimes for decades, it has to eventually come off. It was always meant to, right? This hyper-masculine game that so many men are playing was always meant to fall apart. It was always meant to fall apart. And I think that we're starting to see that now with the way that social media has evolved. It's becoming a lot more popular to talk about this stuff. But five years ago, it's crazy to think how five years ago is really significantly, it's it's changed a lot on on the front. So how has the ability to acquire clients from a business perspective changed a little bit? Because in the the beginning, I know your your story Mm -hmm. is very compelling and that's an easy quote unquote sale, right? But for those that are in the world of high performance, the world of entrepreneurship, sometimes they may not, they, they may still have be attached to the ego of not letting go and being like, Hey, I don't, I don't need help. Right. There's no immediate ROI. I'm not spending money on ads. I can't make more money from this quote unquote. Right. Now it's yeah. a little bit more popular, but how, how was that transition early on when, when you were first starting out? I'll be the first to say that early on, because I didn't know anything about the online space. I actually went to school for marketing believe it or not, but I'm 37 years old. So when I went to school, I don't think Facebook was even available at my university until my junior year. Back in those days, you had to have like a .edu address to access Facebook. So, you know, and then of course I had years and years of corporate sales experience. So I knew a lot about business. I knew what it took to grow a successful business. You know, my old company is still around. It has over 400 employees. It's doing great. But I didn't know anything about the online space. And so I kind of needed people to tell me, like, how do you go about attracting clients? Like, I know principles of marketing, but how does it apply to Facebook and Instagram and, you know, various social media platforms? Initially, it was very much about this. You guys probably remember this, like market to people want what people want, sell them what they need. But this it oftentimes was this like bait and switch. And the market caught up to that and and consciousness caught up to that insofar that people aren't interested in that anymore, right? That doesn't work nearly as well as it used to. It doesn't work nearly as well as it used to. And so it's required that we evolve in the way that we position our services. So I got away from that probably a few years ago where I wasn't interested in speaking to speaking to growing people's businesses and helping them in scaling their businesses. Because that's initially how I started in the online space. And then when they would come into my programs, they would find out very quickly, as you can probably imagine, that my way to help you in growing your business was 80% personal development, 20% business strategy. Most coaches, it's the opposite. It's 80% business strategy. And we're just going to sprinkle a little of quote unquote mindset coaching on top of it, right? To help you work through whatever resistance that you may have, but it does nothing to treat the root cause issue. I got away from that a few years ago. 
because it didn't really feel authentic to me. And it, it didn't feel right in many ways because you have to choose into this work. You have to fully know what it is that you're getting yourself into. And on some level, a natural response is one of denial at first. If you're familiar with the hero's journey, there's the call and then there's the refusal of the call. So on some level, everyone has to choose into this, but they also have to experience an incredible amount of resistance around it as well. That's normal, but I can't push someone into this, right? If I take the same approach to like say, hey, this is really going to help you grow your business, right? It, it, I'm kind of presenting myself as like, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing because the fact is it's going to hurt. I don't know if you guys have ever broken a bone. I broke my arm in two places when I was like 13 years old, fell off a trampoline. And I'll never forget when I went to the doctor, what he said, he said, Hey buddy, we're going to have to set the bone. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. And he goes, it means that we're going to have to break it again in order for it to heal properly. The thing about that was setting the bone hurt worse than the original break. It was awful. Like when I broke my arm initially, I didn't even know I broke it until it started swelling. And I was like, oh, there's clearly something wrong here. When he reset it, it was so much more painful than the initial break. That's what doing this work is like. But now as a result, my right arm is stronger than my left. And the same thing is true for us from an interpersonal perspective. When we do this work, it's going to inherently be painful. That is the ultimate paradox in life is that in order to grow the muscle, what do we have to do? We have to strain it. We have to tear it in order for it to grow stronger. We're no different from an interpersonal perspective, from a spiritual perspective. We have to be tested, limited, and led to the edge of our private resources if we really hope to grow and not just grow, but grow sustainably long-term so that we are a new being, a new creation, a new person entirely. We just don't have more money in our bank accounts. I'm not really interested in serving men in that capacity because I've done that before and I've watched so many men be that much more unhappy because on some level they thought that success, that getting to the next level, that more was the answer only to be met with an even greater degree of unhappiness and unfulfillment. Yeah. I love the, I love the broken arm story. And it, and I think it can relate and connect to a lot of, a lot of different folks in a lot of different industries professionally, but then also it can, you know, cause us to turn internally to ask us some questions about, you know, where are, my, where are our broken arms, you know, and, and what, you know, where do we need to lean into to come out on the other side stronger? Tell us about the book. Tell us about mm -hmm. the, you know, where we can go find it. What's the story yep. behind that? What, what's, what are we, what are we, where are we at cracking open? It's a blueprint to, to growth and healing, pure, plain, and simple. The book is called Let Love In, The Pain Stops When the Truth Starts. It's a wake-up call to all of us, but especially to men who, however consciously or unconsciously, are simply performing their way around their pain, overcompensating, but in a way that is leaving them internally empty and not knowing or not being capable of giving love and receiving love. 
because of course pain is going to provide a barrier it's going to block you if you haven't resolved it if you haven't reconciled it the minute you do of course you can you can do what you can let love in pun intended right um, but the book is available on amazon it's 50% off right now so the hard copy is like 6 bucks and change so i like to think that it's a steal considering it's about the same cost as you know a large latte at a lot of places <laughs> You can also buy... We're literally both buying a copy as we speak. <laughs> Beautiful. I thank you. I appreciate the support there, gents. You can also buy the Kindle version. For those of you who don't know, you don't need a Kindle to read it. You can read it on any electronic or mobile device, including your desktop. Works with iOS. But you can also visit my website, awakewithjake.com. Otherwise, the best place to connect with me is my Instagram, which is I am Jake Kaufman, J-A-K-E-K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N. Dude, this has been amazing. And I wish we weren't limited to 30 minutes. I definitely want to run it back and maybe do a part two because there are so many different things I want to talk about. You know, just selfishly, I, I want to dive deep into this. Yeah, um, totally. You know, there's there's things like, since we're talking about men, things that we haven't even uncovered, like porn addiction, something that is not sure. even close to talked about enough. Um, mm -hmm. But we also run a a mastermind group of mostly men that cool. we are, every quarter we're reading a book. So offline, let's talk a little mm -hmm. bit more about how we can make and make you the one of the authors in that space if you're open to it. We'll love to you guys. I'd be happy to support in any way that I can. Yeah, let's and I'd be happy to run it back. You know, coping mechanisms is something that I'm really passionate about because as you can probably imagine, after the pain that I experienced, I needed a coping mechanism, which is just to say I needed an avoidance strategy. Similarly to you, Antonio, I'm sure you needed something that supported you in the dissociation, the ongoing dissociation that you experienced in being able to talk about your pain from this very neutral but avoidant perspective. Coping mechanisms are not the issue. <laughs> it's the unresolved pain beneath it that causes us to take on and need a coping mechanism. So yeah, dude, let's run it back. I would love to continue the conversation and, and dive deeper because you know, many men are are suffering in silence and unfortunately they're judging themselves for it or they're making themselves wrong about it, as is a lot of hyper-masculine coaching out there these days that's demonizing these coping mechanisms without seeking to first understand them. You could not have hit the nail more on the head in this podcast. And before we were talking about Jake, Jacob said, I like to think of myself as someone who's a good interviewee, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, brother. Thank you so much for, for your time today and looking forward to continuing to collaborating with you. Jens, thanks so much once again. It was a pleasure.